This session is brought to you with the help of Sundial Cannabis, the natural alternative for modern wellness. Welcome to Sessions by The Herb Life. As you probably know, Sessions is a podcast that aims to bring forth the conversations happening on the ground of this exciting industry. Now, thank you everyone for joining us. This is the final episode of Season 2, and I'm very excited today because I am for this one episode only, no longer the facilitator. I am indeed the most gracious host. So I'd like to thank The Herb Life for giving me the opportunity to talk about what I am doing in the cannabis industry. Today, I'm joined by my husband and business partner, Sajid Shetty, and we have recently moved back to Australia. We spent uh, the last three years working in the cannabis industry. Well, rather, I spent the last three years working in the cannabis industry. I'll let him talk about his own personal experience with the plant. Essentially, we wanted to take you all on a tour down under and kind of talk about the experience that we had, you know, living and working in Canada where the cannabis landscape is quite evolved and then talk about how that experience has now, you know, informed the way that we live in Australia where cannabis is still very heavily stigmatized. So we're going to run this session as a bit of a Q&A. So I'm going to ask Sajit the very first question. And what I'd like to know, Serge, is how has Vancouver or living in Vancouver shaped your cannabis experience? Hi, everyone. This is Serge. Um, first of all, thank you, Tiana, for having me on and the Herb Life, um, of course. Uh, just to give a bit of a background, I was born and raised in, in South India, although India's at least in recent times, is seen as this um, culture that is all accepting of cannabis. Uh, it is a bit more complicated than what it initially seems. At least in South India, cannabis is heavily stigmatized where it is seen just as a drug and, and that nothing good is seen of it. But in my travels recently, I've seen that in Northern India, it is more relaxed and it is seen as part of Hindu culture in some parts. So it is a bit of a dichotomy when it comes to India and cannabis. About 10 years ago, I moved to Australia to do my master's and I would describe the Australian cannabis culture as, again, as something confusing where on the one hand, it is heavily stigmatized. And on the other hand, the people that consume it um, do it more from hedonistic viewpoint. But going to Vancouver, I personally think my uh, view of cannabis changed in terms of being exposed to a culture that was seeing the plant for deeper meanings or deeper reasons than than what I had seen before. I found Vancouver to be uh, quite a cannabis-friendly culture where if you walk out of your apartment and it's seven in the morning and someone's smoking a joint you don't really think twice about it and it made you feel in place if you did like cannabis how have your cannabis consumption patterns changed you know what what's different to when you're in australia versus when you were in vancouver the big difference is uh i think before cannabis meant a joint or just grass and and if you spun with tobacco of course yeah, spliff as the English call it, but um, but even going to say Nepal or India where you, you see hash and you, you see the most basic ingredients when it comes to thinking of cannabis, but then going to, you know, uh, the West Coast, you're exposed to all these, you know, the topicals and the edibles and 
tinctures and, and and I think that's that's what I got most out of it. Even simple things like terpenes and and how indica and sativa is is a, is a thing of a bygone era. Like things like that don't really stick elsewhere. Whereas North America are the pioneers of cannabis culture, so that's what. I feel like, and you know, I can explore that more. But yeah, I think when a culture progresses with any substance or equipment or ingredient or a tool, whatever you want to call it, when a culture runs with it, it opens up new doors. And and that's what I essentially got to see in these gray markets or legal markets or decriminalized markets all across the Northwest coast from Vancouver to LA. So I think what it what it has done is given people the opportunity to explore and create products that cater to people like us. There, There is no drama. There is no questions to be asked. We're, we're law-abiding citizens and, you know, we have the right to enjoy ourselves and explore our own consciousness. So having lived in Vancouver for the last... Um, for the past few years, I would say both our perspective on cannabis has changed. So what is your take on that? Well, I suppose, okay, so there's a few things. So one, sorry, I've got notes and I'll try not to read off of those because it sounds very disingenuous. And I'll just quickly let you guys know, it is 43 degrees today here in Melbourne and Serge and I are in a room where we've had to turn off all the fans and no air conditioner, so we are literally sitting in a sauna. So, you know, I do apologize if you guys hear us slurping on water or moving around very uncomfortably from all the sweatiness that's happening. Anyway, so back to your question. What do I think or my perspective? How has it changed? So I started consuming cannabis, as you know, around 13 or 14. It was very recreational with friends, um, just as a bit of fun. A lot of kids... Uh, around that age were consuming in Australia anyway. But I never really thought of cannabis as a, a tool for health and well-being. That that's just something that never even crossed my mind. You know, I always viewed it as um something you do when you're having fun with friends, something that was perhaps a little bit taboo, which didn't bother me, but it was always an equivalent to alcohol rather than you know, something that uh, was healthy. I guess the first and biggest thing that, that cannabis did for me or that, sorry, that Vancouver did for me was as soon as I started working in the cannabis industry, I started meeting people who had these radically different views on cannabis and the way that they talked about it, about it really made sense, you know, that this is something that you could use as a tool for your health and wellness or your health and well-being, that this is something that you could use to alleviate stress and it has less side effects than, say, alcohol, um, that this is something that can be used as medicine and it helps a lot of people with a range of different issues. Obviously, the medical cannabis conversation is, you know, a whole nother kettle of fish, but but it's uh, it's something that... I hadn't really considered. So that's the first thing was that, uh, you know, moving to Vancouver made me realize that cannabis can actually be used uh, as a really great tool to enhance someone's like healthy lifestyle. The second thing was that, uh, and I have this, I believe on my Herb Life writer bio, is that cannabis was indeed a gateway for me. And it was a gateway to understanding my body better. You know, it was a gateway to learning about other plant medicines. It was a gateway to learning about how I can, 
implement different approaches to managing my stress or to managing, managing, you know, things like depression and um, anxiety that I had around work or, or life in general. And so being part of that community in Vancouver has changed my life for real, you know, like to the point where I don't think I would have um, had access to that level of information or that level of insight had I just lived in Australia. I had to move to Vancouver to get that. I had to live there for three years. I had to be surrounded by all of those people um, to be able to learn about this plant in such an in-depth way. And and even then, you know, I'm miles behind. Um, I've only been in working in the industry for two and a half, three years, and there are people that have been working in it for 20 years advocating for the plant. So in terms of, yeah, what Vancouver has done, I think I've gone off on a tangent a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's, it's radically tra- changed my perspective on, um, on cannabis. To me, it's no longer a plant that you just use to get high. It is a plant that you can use to really change your life for the better. Has it changed the way you consume the plant? Like in, you know, there are so many different ways to, and that you, you may be classified as a casual consumer Yeah, so, I mean, the way I consume cannabis changes um, from, you know, month to month, year to year. Uh, Sometimes I consume regularly, a couple times a week, at night, maybe an edible, maybe a vape. Sometimes I consume once a month. I think I, I consume a cannabis topical daily. I have this amazing oil that I put on after I shower and, you know, it keeps me nice and moisturized. Um, so really I'm a, I'm a daily consumer of cannabis. I just am not a typical daily consumer of cannabis. Now that's something that you and I were going to talk about anyway. So we both consume cannabis very differently. I am what you would call, I think you just said a casual consumer. You are a pretty regular consumer. So, um, we personally haven't talked much about this and I want to know, considering the difference in accessibility here, now that we've moved back to Melbourne, how are you coping with that? And, and like, what is the level of accessibility if you want to tell everyone? I am what you would consider a regular consumer, but it's not like I smoke all day, every day. I, I smoke maybe twice or three times a week. Uh, or I used to, Vancouver, but it was my preferred methods were either joints or edibles and I was to take tincture for, say, the MMA training that I used to do. Right. So you only started really consuming cannabis for fitness in Vancouver. So I would say that that's something that really changed and you really got into it using using cannabis for and actually other things as well but yeah i was going to say i did i did uh spend a few months writing fiction like short stories and cannabis as a in a lot of ways amuse um in terms of it helping with the creative side of things cannabis can be consumed in different ways but for me the accessibility was what made it uh, such a sweeter experience because I could tailor it uh, based on what my requirements were. If I was training, I could just take, say, a 10 milligram so I wasn't too high. But after training, I could take 30 milligrams and really feel the effects and help me um, nurse my you know, uh, pain from, from the hard work I'd put in. So cannabis is 
in a lot of ways. I mean, it, as complex as it is, it's also open to being tailored to each, you know, each one of our needs. It's not like um, the way I see cannabis is it, it's almost like MMA in certain ways where you go in to train with the intent of doing your best. You may win most times, but some days you're going to lose and it's a learning, you know, uh, it's a day to learn. And similarly, cannabis does turn on you sometimes where it becomes sort of a paranoid experience. But if we take it as a learning experience and that we hide emotions and thoughts that we don't want to ever see, and sometimes cannabis just puts it in front of you and you have to deal with it. So it's not for everyone. And I see why some people are so um, against it. It makes them feel uncomfortable. I, I get uncomfortable in dark places or in a high places. So, you know, we all have our own fears, but... But it does have a way of putting it in front of you where you have to um, come to terms with it. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, and I, I really like that you said that um, that cannabis, the way that we consume cannabis is all uh, very individualized. It's not the same for any two people, you know, and, and you and I are great examples of that. Although our experience with cannabis is different, we're quite similar people, you know, we uh, circulate and we, we have the same circle of friends, we do the same things, we have this, you know, very similar interests, yet um, our consumption is entirely different. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of cannabis for when I need it in the way that I need it, you know, but I don't uh, need it every day. And, um, but the discomfort aspect that you mention, it's also really interesting because it's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't return to cannabis. And part of what I loved about Vancouver or, you know, Canada in general or wherever the cannabis conversation is happening was that people who work in the industry really start to recognize how significant that one bad experience can be. And we really start to talk to people about not focusing on that, you know, one bad experience and to give people good experiences. If you're providing uh, cannabis as food, or if you're, you know, encouraging someone to consume, make sure that we, you know, do things like start low and go slow, or that you're aware of uh, the possible side effects around cannabis, that you know, the safety procedures, if, if you are to get too high or what to say to someone that's too high. Um, so again, I've gone off on a tangent. I seem to be doing it quite a lot. So sorry, but it, it is one thing that I um, really liked about uh, Vancouver. The types of conversations that we have about cannabis extend farther than you know just say no, and that's something that um, can only happen in an evolved market. Okay, so considering um, considering we obviously consume very differently, um, why do you think it's so? Well, why do you feel so strongly about advocating for a plant that you say rarely consume? Uh, I think partly because while my consumption can be described as like irregular, I suppose, I thoroughly enjoy it and I would like to access the products which I have become accustomed to. So all the vape pens, the flower varieties, um, the skincare of course, the edibles, um, all of these products I love and, you know, I, I use them as my regular routine. And I guess I just want to be able to access them legally if I can. And secondly, uh, and I think this is one of the most important things, 
advocating for this plant uh, helps to end the stigma around cannabis. And particularly, as I said, first and foremost, this is this plant is a medicine. Um, yes, the research around its uh, medicinal applications is still in its inf- infancy, and you know, a century of prohibition made sure of that. But but it's promising. And I've firsthand spoken to a number of people who have told me that without cannabis, the capacity at which they'd be living their life right now would be greatly diminished. Um, it's helped patients with everything from chronic pain. Uh, you can check back one of our episodes, I think it was episode seven or episode eight um, with Dr. Sana Ara Ahmed. And, you know, to, to things like minimizing the side effects of chemo and Crohn's disease. And, you know, I think that we all have a right to access uh, medicine that can help us live a fulfilled and happy life. I guess the plant, um, plant itself doesn't restrict itself to being an intoxicant. The cannabis plant has many uses and has many faces, and um, I think that's another thing you were going to address. Right, so that's a good segue into the plug that we are going to do. Sergi and I are starting an online store called Good Shift Co., so Good Shift Co. is essentially an online boutique for health conscious and sustainable living. Now, we built this on a belief um, in science and innovation as well as ancient traditions and alternative practices. We plan to stock a curated offering of high-end and contemporary products to service the Australian market. And we really aim to tap into the curiosity and needs of the growing number of Australians who are exploring this shifting narrative around alternative therapy. Yeah, so we're going to build out uh, the Good Shift store over the next year and we'll have a subscription box, which we'll talk about shortly. And we're going to engage the community in, in helping us source a range of products that tick a number of value points that we've set, which are ethical, sustainable, Australian-made, natural, all the good stuff. Um, so essentially, we'll house a number of alternative health products, such as medicinal mushrooms, supplements for gut health, um, you know, uh, products made from native Australian ingredients. Uh, we'll have, of course, um, a hemp focus. We'll also use Good Shift Co. as a platform to talk about the shifting narrative around cannabis and consciousness, psychedelics and spirituality, science and innovation, ancient practices. Um, Good Shift Co. is going to be a place to generate new ideas and encourage people to explore new boundaries. So essentially what we are wanting to do is take our experiences from Canada, both with cannabis and other plant medicines, and bring that knowledge to an Australian audience and really start to further that conversation here as well. Now, there are a a few brands that are already doing this, definitely some advocates that are already doing this in Australia. However, I think there is strength in numbers and the more people talking about cannabis and talking about sustainability and talking about new ideas, the better. One of our core values is to lead with curiosity and what we want to do with Good Shift Co. is is to provide people with the toolkit to navigate their way through life. Um, Just like cannabis is a tool, there are 
other things like adaptogens, psychedelics, exercise, nutrition, you know, there are several things that we can put together to help us get through life. I've, I've started looking into religion, philosophy, and I think we can combine the intellectual side with the physical side to, yeah, essentially build a roadmap for people to, um, for health and wellness. Right. And it's about exploring the different options that you have, right? Because each person's health and well-being, um, that, that pathway to your health and well-being is going to be totally different to the next person's. One of the things that Serge and I definitely want to talk about uh, through Good Shift is psychedelics. Now, we had ayahuasca was one experience that was incredibly challenging for me, but it has now given me this insight into my own strength and ability to, you know, deal with day-to-day life issues. I spent quite a bit of time doing microdosing with mushrooms, and that was another thing that really helped. So I'd like to talk about my experience there as well. But a big part of, you know, Good Shift is, of course, talking about cannabis, because cannabis is probably the most accessible thing to everybody in Australia, uh, a big portion of Australians consume cannabis, uh, a big portion have consumed cannabis at least once in the last year, you know, at least several times in their lifetime. I don't have the statistics on me now, but close to 80%. Right. We are, yeah, yeah, we are, we are huge lovers of cannabis. It's just that we're not huge lovers of talking about cannabis. So, um, you know, Good Shift is really going to be tapping into that open conversation and making sure that everybody who consumes cannabis is represented as part of that conversation. Um, and so one of the first offerings that we are going to have as part of Good Shift Company is our um, edible infusion subscription box. And we've um, aptly called it the Shifty Box because it's a little bit shifty, but it's also about the shifting conversation around cannabis. Yeah, we're pretty stoked about launching Shifty Box uh, this year. It's, a, it's an edible infusion subscription box that is that's going to be delivered to your doorstep every quarter or every three months. It's going to be seasonal. It's going to be recipes sourced from the best cannabis chefs in North America. As much as we care about the health side of the recipes, we are big foodies, so we want it to be tasty and you know uh, pleasurable at the same time. Traditionally, we've at least myself personally, I've known of edibles as you know brownies or a space cake or whatever but we found that in america um the trend of cooking with cannabis has gone much further than just you know cooking sweet sugar loaded um food items so we want to bring that to australia with this box um so yeah we're we're quite excited Yeah, and each recipe is actually designed with cannabis in mind. However, um, for those who don't have access to cannabis legally, any other botanical master plant can be used as a substitute. So um, I really liked to incorporate rose into my diet um, and, you know, you can use other plants like passionflower or lavender depending on what you personally prefer. So we did this for a number of reasons. One is to help shift the perception of cannabis away from from being a drug to an ingredient, which it really is, but also to help highlight some of the many ways different plants can be used as food. And so essentially, as well as the infusion method and the ingredients and the recipe, each quarter we're also going to include another food goodie for your exploration. So any cool innovative food products uh, that you know everyone can enjoy. So we're really excited about the Shifty Box. 
Just before we finish, I think it's a good way to give our gratitude to the Northwest. I mean, I haven't seen much of the Eastern, the East Coast cannabis culture in North America. I've, I've only had the fortune of going from Vancouver to LA. And I can tell you personally that um, just going through that region has inspired us to make cannabis exciting because it was exciting over there. It was uh, you know, people were creative in that space. They came up with products, different packaging. Shout out to Sunday Goods in, you know, I think they're from California uh, yeah. or Arizona. Just the package, just the box and then the way the joints were rolled. And the quality of the cannabis. Yeah. Like I got a, a vape pen from Sunday Goods um, that's infused with lavender and it is the best vape I have ever had and it really was just a, like a fantastic quality product at the end of the day that that's uh that's the gist of it that cannabis is many things and and it is what we make of it at the end of the day it's just the plant it's been there for thousands of years and it is one of the most robust plants we know so most likely even if the world goes to shit cannabis will still be there <laughs> going on its own and, you know, someone will find a use for it again. Going quickly back to the gratitude that you mentioned before, I think it is really important important as well to um, for me to, to, to say that very same thing. You know, without um, the people that I worked with, uh, Jill Pollard, of course, who is, um, you know, founder of uh, – co-founder of The Herb Life um, – and, and a, a whole bunch of other, other you know, really inspiring people who talk so passionately about this plant and who have worked for some of them for decades in, in you know, furthering this, the image of this plant. I, I really just couldn't have been put in a, in a better place to, to do this and to really further my own understanding and knowledge of, of cannabis. So I'm really hoping that I can be, you know, ter- in turn be one of those people here in Australia to, to, help, um, to help push that conversation forward. So on that note, I think that, I think that we're done. Do you have anything to add? No, I mean, uh, I think living away from Vancouver makes me realise how, how special it really is, and um, totally. In terms of even with um, how commercial the um, cannabis experience is in America, where you know decriminalization probably has given them the opportunity to be more creative, and with it being legal now in Vancouver, it's a little boring in terms of packaging and whatnot. But culturally, we probably will never get there in terms of it being so open and so spiritual and so. Don't say that. Welcoming. Think positively, dude. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'd rather be romantic about it and then go back there and revisit it when I want to. That's um, true. But, but yeah, I would say, you know, thank you. Thank you for everyone for listening. Yeah, thank you. I hope there's some Aussies out there listening to this too. And, you know, if anyone's interested, make sure you go to uh, goodshiftco.com.au or you can visit shiftybox.com.au. So both of those websites are going to be operating independently. Um, Sometime early next year. Yeah, so we're launching next year. It's a very slow process. Uh, We've been planning on launching this for the last six months, but, you know, each month we keep pushing it back. But we're hoping to launch Shiftybox, the first subscription box, 
um, probably in February or March of 2020. Good Shift will definitely be up and running in um, January or February. But uh, there are slots where you can pop your email down. So any Aussies out there, if you are listening, make sure you go and, and leave your email and, you know, uh, shortly we'll, we'll start to send out some some more info regarding uh, the, the site and our products and the box. And we hope to create a lot of free content, uh, just information to help people along the way. We are exploring these topics as we go on and, and new studies come out. It's one of those things where we lead with curiosity, but with uh, transparency and uh, integrity. So um, yeah, join us. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed the final episode of Sessions by The Herb Life. Um, I hope everyone stays safe over, over this festive season and with any luck gets a moment to enjoy some cannabis with some milk and cookies, of course. So until next time, adios. Adios.